Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, as always, is my co host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, it's news, news, and nothing but the news. If you tuned in last week, you'll remember that we said that we'd be off this week at time of recording. Uh, we kind of forgot there was a whole ass other week in April. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> um, so we wanted to make sure that we got a show out to y'all. Uh, as we will be off next week, we'll both be working with the Overwatch League for the uh, season opener. Uh, before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. With all that out of the way, it's time for... The Prelude. Prelude. All right. Welcome to The Prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you have for me this week? Oh, well, um, I guess I kind of want to know why HBO Max is suddenly the best streaming service like ever. <laughs> so here's what we got this week that I've started to watch. Um uh, season three of Barry came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Barry is a show uh, about a uh, a, uh, a, a trying to retire um, killer for hire. Okay, who is moving to LA to try and ig- begin an acting career? <laughs> okay, yes, it is um, absolutely wonderful because his whole killer for hire job is not over mm-hmm. and is tending to bleed into uh, some of his uh, acting classes and rehearsals now and mm-hmm. then. Um, absolutely amazing, wonderful show. Okay. There and it's very easy to watch. The episodes are all less than an hour long, and you're talking about like six to eight episode seasons. Oh, nice! I like the I like the short format. Yes, and um, yeah, every episode is impactful and amazing. You never finish one without wanting another one. Mm-hmm. There is an episode in season two that, if you asked me to rank like the best television episodes of all time, mm-hmm. would definitely one hundred percent be in my top five, no wow. matter what for the rest of my life. Wow, that is impressive. that is how good that episode is. Like, mm. and this is among a very quality show already. So, mm. like, I can't recommend the show enough. At the same time, um, I'm, I mean, I'm still watching We're Here. That's been really, yeah. really great. Uh, the last episode I watched was, um, ooh. <laughs> yep, ran a blank there. That's bad yep. radio. All right. Well, I'm going to look something up. What, what did you do? Uh, not a whole lot this week, actually. Um, I've had a lot going on with uh, the Overwatch League season's about to start. Um, obviously, we do the Houston Outlaws podcast. I've been doing some stuff for that. Um, you and I are both going to be working the Overwatch League event that is the beginning of the season next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the bigger thing that we should mention here is... If we're going to be talking about Overwatch for a second, something really big did happen this week in the world of Overwatch. Yes, it did. Yes, and it did. that was the Overwatch 2 beta hit this week. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's worth mentioning, other than the fact that the beta hit, was the way that Blizzard went about getting this beta to people's hands was fascinating. Because you could sign up for the beta and you could be put on the list and actually get it. But if you didn't make it on the list, um, what you could do was you could go onto Twitch and watch four hours of any of these particular streamers. Mm-hmm. And, and there were quite a few. Quite, of quite were, a few. Like, and they're all people yeah. who work in the Overwatch community. Watch four hours of their stream or one hour of one stream. It didn't really matter. And you would then unlock automatically the Overwatch 2 beta. Mm-hmm. The numbers on Twitch oh, yeah. were <laughs> absurd. Yes, yeah, so we haven't seen this a big of a reaction to a game on Twitch. I mean, well... 
I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like Overwatch One, like like the the. The times on Twitch when everyone in a community would come together and you would have a million people watching a game. Yeah. This is stuff for like TI. This is stuff for like GDQ. Mm-hmm. This is stuff for like the big League of Legends tournaments back in the day. Yep. And like Overwatch League, while it was starting, was like wanting to put up these kind of numbers. Yep. But yeah, the launch of this beta, mm-hmm. million viewers, like concurrent and like plus. Yeah. Absolutely bazonkers. Yeah. And so we got access to it. We got to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, Been playing it today. Played it, it yeah, but, a whole bunch yesterday. But played it a whole lot. Yeah. Um, initial impressions? Um, it's better. It's better. It, it's better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, we, we've gone so long since a real like Overwatch update, right? Yeah. Like so, so long. Hundreds of days. Um, but, uh, nearly a thousand days in some cases between maps, between uh, over a thousand days between a major character rework. Mm-hmm. Um, 900 plus days since there was a new hero, 900 plus days since there was a new map. Yep. Um, but here we are playing what they've been working on since then. Mm-hmm. And they really did take the game and make it better with the changes that they've done, I think. Yeah. Um, overall, the game feels faster. It feels snappier. It feels like your role is more important. Mm-hmm. And it feels more dangerous. It definitely uh, feels more dangerous. Yeah, just because there's so much. Uh, I mean, there's so there, there's so little barriers. There, there's almost no shields anywhere. You yeah. actually have to be able to like pick your hero and play them well mm-hmm. uh, because there's not a whole bunch of shields you can just stand behind and do things with. Yep. It's been yeah, it's been a wonderful experience. It's been so a little far. bit rough for the support characters. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. yeah, the support characters. Um, a few of them could use a, a pretty big rework, a, a, a movement skill of some kind yeah. for a few of them. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's been I, it's I been great. Blast. I had a blast. Yeah, and I talked to another friend, and I was like, "Well, what do you think?" And she was like, "You know, I haven't played Overwatch for a long time. This definitely felt like just a really great balance patch." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "But that's kind of what Overwatch should be, right?" Like it should just have incremental updates that have gotten us to this point. Of course, yes. You know? All this, all of these changes could have happened over the last three and a half years, right. but you know, here we are. Yeah, there's so many things that just so many nuances to the game, and I think that the new maps they showed are mm-hmm. a lot. Push the new mode is a lot of fun. Oh, push is great. You know, I've had some of the best brawls so far on push maps. Yeah, um, just the the like you just said, the brawly nature of the game mm-hmm. is improved. It feels like you're always in the action, always fighting. Yeah, there's not a lot of downtime. Uh, it feels more impactful when you lose a member of your team. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like even though it only went from six v six to five v five, that 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 change from two tanks to only one tank, you feel that. Yeah, and there's so many more opportunities for like big character pop off moments. Yeah, where a character will jump in and kill two characters before they would just reposition their barriers and like continue on with the four of them. Yeah, now there are three of them and there are no barriers and the whole f- five man team barreling down on them. Mm-hmm. So this has been like just such a it, and Overwatch is having a really cool moment right now, and I, I, I think it's um, it's going to be really really interesting to see uh, Overwatch League next weekend. Absolutely, I'm super yeah. excited about it. Uh, did you have anything else before we wrap this? Yes, um, I was still talking about HBO. I wanted to talk about We Own This City. Mm-hmm. This is a new limited series. I think it's just a six episode run. HBO does this every now and then, and now and again. This is by the um, producers of The Wire. Okay, the well, best, sold the best TV show ever made. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Uh, it, it sucks. 
to that I it sucks to me that like my favorite TV show of all time is about fucking cops, but like that, <laughs> it's more about Baltimore. There's just a lot of cops that it, yeah. are really great characters that I love to death in this mm-hmm. show. But yeah, no, it's um I can't wait to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, other than that, um, we've just been playing old video games this week as far as yeah. video games go. Nothing really new there. Been a very chill week. Very chill <laughs> week. All right, that's everything we have for the prelude this week. But stick with us. On the other side, we're going to be getting into all of the news. The Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. This is The Weekly Raid, our news highlights for the week. Kicking off the news, if you haven't been watching the HBO, uh, HBO Max show, Harley Quinn, first off, you absolutely should be. You should be. <laughs> this week, they announced a new series called Noonan's, which is a spinoff series that's completely centered around the character of Kite Man. <laughs> the plot to this, <laughs> lovable loser Kite Man and his new squeeze, Golden Glider... Moonlight as criminals to support their foolish purchase of Noonan's, Gotham's seediest dive bar, where everybody knows your name, but not necessarily your secret identity. <laughs> if you have not seen Harley Quinn, by the way, first, yes, please go watch this. Kite Man is such a joke in that show. And the fact that he got a spinoff <laughs> from a, one of the best animated shows out there right now. So like, you know what this reminds me of? So if um, on Hulu there's a documentary series called The Dark Side of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And James and I watched an episode together about the, um, the, the snake. The, vi- the Viper. The, the Viper Room. Yeah. The Viper Room. It's this place in L.A. where like, a, yeah. all, the, all the celebrities went. <laughs> exactly. And, it was yeah. owned by Johnny Depp. So like owned by a celebrity, very young at the time. And it was a place where Hollywood could just go and gather and be themselves and mm-hmm. not have to be on because the press weren't allowed in, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And uh, th- this this whole plot just just kind of like brings <laughs> me back to that. It's like, hey, we should buy a bar and we should just make it, you know, for for people like us. Mm-hmm. And, and now we have to actually pull jobs to support it. So yep. here we <laughs> that's go. exactly what it is. Uh, but yeah, if you have not watched Harley Quinn, it is on HBO Max. I cannot tell you enough. You, if you want to watch something, just bring you some genuine joy. Oh, you hilarity. don't have to know anything about the world of like DC. Mm-hmm. There's no like tie-ins. It's just a genuinely stupid show and in a good no in a good and funny way king shark is a hacker (laughs) yeah it's uh ron funches plays king shark and he's so good i love ron funches but like holy shit his king shark like yeah i was so mad when we went and saw suicide squad because i was like that's not ron funches that's all i want forever (laughs) is just ron funches to always be king shark forever and ever and ever because of that show In other Bat news, The Batman, the latest film by DC starring Robert Pattinson, apparently has done so well that they've gone ahead and greenlit a sequel. Yeah, they, 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 I agree. They did do that well. Please <laughs> accept one sequel. Now get the fuck to work. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's all going to be the, everybody's coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, ho- know, hopefully, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be Matt Reeves. You know, it's going to be the, the full cast. And from what we're hearing rumors about, and this is a little bit more than rumor and speculation, what we're hearing out of DC mm-hmm. is that they're trying to get away from the, uh, the Marvel formula, right? Mm, right. Where everything needs to be connected to one another. Yes. Everything needs to, t- to touch each other in an inappropriate way. Um, whereas what they want to do going forward is really embrace um, this whole single movie idea. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And that's what I love so much about this movie is it felt very almost like uh, like an Elseworlds comic, which is mm. almost what like all of our favorite Batman stories are. Really are. are just, here's Batman in this situation, like last night on Earth and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Like here's just a situation with Batman. Yep. And getting very young Batman to establish this would be an amazing way to like not pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. To pick up 
years and years later when he's like been able to really mold his Bruce Wayne persona and yeah. like act like a totally different person. You Here's know? the thing, and I don't want to give DC any ideas mm-hmm. because maybe just keep it to these single films. Mm-hmm. But if you get into the history of Batman, like really read you some Batman, there's such a plethora of just amazing bat content. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about just the bat family themselves. Oh yeah. You're talking about, you know, getting Robin, Robin dying, you know, the whole red hood saga. You have bar, all of Barbara Gordon stuff. You have, you know, everything with Robin becoming Nightwing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have an entire movie franchise. You don't even have to go to other parts of DC yeah. to get to. You really don't. And I mean, just considering so many of the animated movies that we've seen so far that would be amazing adaptations of screen because they're so real and visceral and grounded yeah. in Gotham and just like the Bat family, I would almost appreciate this cast and this story doing like a like a movie that spans like five or ten years yeah. where you have like little vignettes and like a three act thing, but like one like small branching story that grows big. I don't know. I'm just there's, like, there's, it's there's headcanon, so many, but like. There's so many things you could do with it. You could. The idea that they're not tied down to like, well, this is the one with the bat plane and mm-hmm. this is the one where we go from Joker to, uh, you know, a, a Bane or something right. instead of. Instead of that, doing a movie like this, like the Batman, where it's like, well, he needs to solve this fucking crime. Right. Like, yes, more of that. And the thing that the Batman does well, and I don't want to to spoil it, but this is something that other superhero movies are very guilty of. Mm -hmm. The other superhero movies, and even the ones that we love have to kill off the villain at the end. Yeah, we can that, totally that's, not. That's a thing that mm-hmm. like they, they always feel like they have to. The Batman doesn't let them get away with that. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So like what you're saying is that on a long enough timeline, if these movies are successful enough, you can make Arkham City the movie. Ooh, yeah. That would be an amazing movie. Right? You bring in all of these great actors that have played all these great villains and now they've taken over Gotham. How the fuck is he going to get got out of this one? Like Batman is so ripe for just letting him breathe in his own universe. Yeah. And I mean, like if you even wanted to do a, like a crossover, please don't. But like, if you did say you have a successful Superman movie Mm -hmm. and you're like, maybe we just want like a five second crossover. Mm -hmm. Like anytime Superman shows up in Gotham, Batman's like, get the fuck out of my city. Yeah. Like that's how it works every single time. You're going to sneeze and knock over a building. Fuck off. Right. We just watched the animated, uh, injustice on HBO max. We watched that. (laughs) And when Batman shows up in Superman city, like Superman shows up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Like that's how it works. (laughs) Like, why are you here? And he's like, sorry, I didn't tell you sooner. Joker's here. I'm just looking for the Joker. I'll be on my way. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't call you. Yeah. Figured you and Lois were busy. So yeah, there's a lot of things that you could do with the Batman series. And I think that like if they really stick to their guns and really focus on making high quality content, like what they're doing with Matt Reeves and they're doing with Robert Pattinson, give us the Bat family. Yeah. It can be done and it can be done so well. There can be so much heartbreak and so much that you can do with it. And you can ride that just Bat train for years. And as long as you're producing quality content, people mm-hmm. are going to come back for it. And it's funny that this is our suggestion for this Batman. Because like if we had thought about... Uh, fucking um, basically any other Batman besides Michael Keaton, yeah. like having a Bat family and playing well in this role, like with that dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, like Val Kilmer, no, no. George Clooney, lol. Um, even um, 
Uh, Bale, like, yeah. no, not really. Yeah, Bale doesn't really fit the Bat family persona. <laughs> no, right? and um, I mean, Batfleck is, you know, Batfleck. It, it, it's whatever. He had he potential. Can, he I did def- have a lot of potential. I, I will defend that to the ends of the earth. He had a lot of potential. It was not Ben Affleck's fault. I thought that he was going to be one of those actors that could fill both roles, which is Bruce Wayne and mm-hmm. Batman. But the scripts that he were, was given were garbage. That is true. That is true. And, and and for this place and time, he's a little bit old for, like, starting the Bat family. Right. But Pattinson, he's, he's got good. this. He's, he's got does. this. I'm excited. So moving over to the Sony side of movies, Ghost, uh, sorry, Sony Pictures announced sequels to both the Venom franchise and a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife this week. Okay. Okay. How are we feeling about this? I mean, Ghostbusters was good. I mean, I... I'll, I just I'll I'll, it, I'll wait and see what they it do. It was good. I just don't know if I want another. I felt like I got yeah. the closure that I needed in that movie. Well, maybe that's a really good time to like. But maybe, but maybe the next Ghostbusters movie isn't for me. I, maybe it is for those kids who went and saw Afterlife. I mean, I hope so. For, but also, I I think that what we got with the last movie will allow us to like take the forgive me for using this terminology old Ghostbusters and just. Yeah, you know, just move them to the side, and like there are still ghosts, and there are kids with equipment who yeah. would like to hunt ghosts, yeah. and suddenly know how. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Yeah. I'm okay with Ghostbusters, all of Stranger Things. That, that that's yeah. that, that's a good that's franchise. And even if I don't like it, um, look, man, Ghostbusters ain't just for me. Mm-hmm. Like I was a kid that was obsessed with Ghostbusters, and you know what? I want other kids to be able to get obsessed with Ghostbusters. And yep. if this is their way in, then great. And you know what? This would have been this uh, exact idea would have been an amazing idea for like a Ghostbusters cartoon in the nineties. Oh yeah, like well, all they, of their... they, they basically did one like that. Well, uh, the Ghostbusters cartoon I remember was just the Ghostbusters busting ghosts. Like there was there from was, the firehouse in there, New York there was City. another one that came a little bit later, and I okay. think they were younger. But yeah, there was like the goth girl and like, but anyway, uh, yeah, (laughs) now the big thing here for me is the Venom sequel. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I guess, but they're not going to stop making the movies that are actually that people actually go see. Right. Like, we're not going to get another Morbius, but we're definitely going to get a bunch more Spider-Man. We're going to get more uh, Carnage because people dig that Mm -hmm. because it rests entirely on the back of Tom. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah. So let's kind of keep this comic movie train going because also coming out from Sony Pictures, they announced a Spider-Man spinoff film this week called El Muerto. The description is... You have to stick with me on this one because this is going to be a roller coaster. All right. The character of El Muerto... Uh, uh, AKA Juan Carlos was a super powered wrestler who originally fought Spider-Man in a charity wrestling match in which he nearly unmasked the web slinger before being stung by Spider-Man with a paralyzing poison. After his oppressor, El Dorado came to claim his life. He was saved by Spider-Man in which the two team up to defeat Dorado. Now, before we go any further about this and my horrible pronunciation of things, I do have to let you know this character that they are talking about giving a movie to, that they are doing a full movie of a Spider-Man spinoff, mm-hmm. exists in Spider-Man comics mm-hmm. for two issues. Right. He's the the wrestling guy. Yes. Yeah. He's he bone been, soft. He's, he's been in two <laughs> issues in the early 2000s of Spider-Man, and they are making a spinoff movie based on him. Yeah, this I don't... I don't get like I. It's not like Sony to hire a weirdo to make something insane for a bunch of money. That's not their thing. They hire 
artist to make amazing things and then they hire whoever to make the thing they need to make because it will probably make money. Right. But they don't, they don't like give a weirdo who like doesn't make anything a ton of money. Like when I think of Harley Quinn doing a spinoff with Kite Man, like that's, these people know what they're doing and they want to do this. I don't, I can't imagine whose idea this was because as far as like, are there any names attached to this? There's the, the, the person who's playing the main character, a very famous singer. Okay. Apparently. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. This whole, I, I, everything I, about this, like, yeah. the entire internet was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like I remember the day this news hit, everybody's news articles were like, here's who the fuck this character is and why nobody gives a shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because like, why? No, I don't understand. I honestly... There's only one luchador that I want to see in a superhero film and done right, and that's Bane. Yeah. And I mean real Bane. Give me luchador Bane, you cowards. Not yeah. this fucking, like... Luchador Bane for like, real. Like, that's where he comes from. That's the whole point of him. And, mm-hmm. like, please. He's, like, super intelligent and super strong. He's basically like Thanos for Batman. Yeah, even the video games got this right, guys. You yeah. have no excuse. <laughs> The Northman director, Robert Eggers, opened up about the filming of the movie this week, stating that in the movie, the penis and testicles that you see in the film are not, in fact, Alexander (laughs) Skarsgård and are, in fact, CG. So I don't know about you, but that just ruined the whole movie for me right there. I was like, well, that's not his actual penis? Not that we've had a chance to see it because it's only playing in like 10 theaters in the U.S. Oh, no shit, right? I, I got to find a way to go see it here this next week. But um, yeah, I don't know. You know what this reminds me of a little bit? <laughs> What's that? What does this penis remind you of? It reminds me a little bit of bat penis. That bat penis, penis wasn't real either. That's true. That's yeah. true. For those of you, somebody drew that. For, somebody, for those of you who may not know, the great controversy like two years ago, good Lord, feels like 10. Oh, I know. Um, right? Was DC has a line of adult comics, not adult in the people fucking sense but they're written for adults Mm -hmm. um and it's called dc's black label it still exists you can still pick up things uh they're mostly batman books because nobody can seem to write anything other than batman Mm -hmm. and in the first issue of the first four adults bat comic he gets undressed like literally he's getting out of his suit and there's his dong yeah it's not sexualized it's very just like here's batman just naked in a cave because he's just kind of a dude and he's like really fucked up and it's supposed to be kind of this like uh the artist even talked about it how they wanted to 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 create a a piece of art that was showing his physical physical vulnerability Mm -hmm. by using nudity right like he had been beaten and battered and so he gets home he takes off the suit and there's you know him and all his back glory Mm -hmm. but it's not meant to be sexual it's meant to be look at he is naked and, and afraid at this point, yeah. right? That mm-hmm. was the whole point of it. And it was such a controversy that, like, within the week, they were pulling this book from shelves. Right. Um, and it was like, I don't know, man. It's just Batman's yeah. dong. Yeah, know? it's like, it, he, we, we all know he's got one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'd be part of the story if he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really, Damian Wayne would not exist if <laughs> yeah. he didn't have one. There would so. be a whole superhero reason for that, and he'd be way more upset. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how do you feel about this news, Hector? Um, well, I don't know. I, I, good. I mean, at least, uh, look, I'm of two minds on the subject. Yeah? And, and let, let me two, break this down. Are you of two heads of the subject? I am on t- of, of two heads on the subject. Here's the first one. All right. So normally we, when there's nudity on screen yeah. and the actor has not explicitly said they want to be involved in said nudity, mm-hmm. either for artistic reasons or because, I mean, I got great tits. I'll put them on screen. Yeah. Right? Um, it usually requires a human body double. Yep. Now, 
That means, you know, they literally, and this is Anna Kendrick talking, they brought her binders of women's asses. And she got to pick from the ass that would be her ass on screen. And she felt very weird about the interaction. Yep, yep. That being said, someone just lost a job. Mm-hmm. You know, someone no longer gets their penis to be Alexander. There is someone who does not get to walk around for the le- rest of their life going like, you see that guy? Yeah. That's my dick. That's my dick on the screen <laughs> in that one movie. So that's gone, right? And that makes me a little bit sad because yeah. like, you know, Hollywood jobs of yore and like thinking about Robots like that. taking our jobs. Well, l- l- They're l- taking our penises away. Here's the upside to this penis. Yep. What um, is the upside of the penis? The amount of CG to make this look good was probably like 10 new jobs. Oh, God, it probably was. Yeah, yeah. and like hardware and like the economy and like, could, like they needed new computers to render could, this piece. Could you imagine? Picture, close your eyes for a minute and I'm going to paint you a scene. Mm-hmm. There's a penis you, in it, right? Yeah, there's going to be a penis <laughs> in it. So you close your eyes and picture this for me. You are an up and coming Hollywood CGI artist. You have just been booked for the probably the first film you've ever worked on and you are hungry to prove yourself. Yeah. You're thinking maybe it'll be Garfield. Maybe it'll be a Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. What is the thing that I'm doing? And you get in there and the director walks in and goes, all right, everybody, today is the day where you are going to craft Alexander Skarsgård's penis. Mm-hmm. Ten of you in the room <laughs> now have to decide. Look at pictures of Alexander Skarsgård and go... What penis fits this man? Right. So we need some reference photos. <laughs> and now we need a 3D modeler, a texture modeler, a lighting modeler, <laughs> yep. a uh, specular highlights modeler. <laughs> Physics? Yeah, physics and moisture. All, yep. all, all different people, yep. according to everything I know about Disney animation, <laughs> um, who probably haven't done many penises, but it would put a lot of work into it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pixar so, would make a hell of a penis. So um, I'll tell you what. I, at some point between now and our next show, I'm going to see this movie. Yeah. Yep. And I will report back on the penis. All right. Okay. I will come with you and we can talk about the penis together. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Johan Rennick, one of the directors behind uh, HBO's Chernobyl series, is taking over the HBO Max Dune spinoff uh, called Dune the Sisterhood. It will take place 10,000 years before the events of the first Dune movie. Mm. You brought this news to my attention. How are you yes. feeling about it? Oh, God. I love this to death. Dennis Villeneuve is very busy making fucking art for all of you to eat and drink with your eyes. Appreciate him and anything he does. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, he, he he doesn't have time to make your TV show, HBO. He has an amazing back catalog of movies that if you've never seen them, like, please watch Please them. go watch them all and continue watching them and support them. Look up who his directors of photography are and watch their other movies, too. Yep. It is art all the way down. Yeah, it's it is, all beautiful. I don't like to go around and be like, look, that is capital C cinema. But, like, the dude, that's what he does. He, yes. he puts art on the screen. And you're just like, and it's not even in a pretentious way. Like, Dune is not a particularly pretentious movie. It's just nope. like, wow, that's really pretty. And it's just a bunch of people fighting over drugs. Yep. So. Yep. Sicario, did, not a pretentious movie. One of the coolest movies ever made. Yeah. Uh, did very much him. He did uh, Blade Runner as well, right? Yes, he did yeah, Blade he did Runner 2049. One of the prettiest movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And interesting and deep and meaningful and multi-layered. So, yes, he is busy doing those things. Yep. 
But he also wanted there to be a series on HBO as they gave him a bunch of money to make his movie. Right. And they did, you have hosted it on their service forever. If you haven't seen Dune and you have HBO Max, you're doing it wrong. If you learn nothing about this episode of the podcast, it's get HBO Max because that's where all the good shit is. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Normally we're talking about Shudder, but like... Netflix is dying, y'all. They yeah. just lost something like 200,000 subscribers in the last month. So, yep. so basically, um, yeah, when it comes to this show, the show has an amazing premise. I love the idea of diving deeper into the sisterhood that like knew thousands of years ago that this specific woman on the specific planet would give birth to their prophet and were very upset when they found out she had a boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> there's, you know, their, their, their plans are measured in eons. And I, I yeah, I can't wait to see more of that, especially by the director of Chernobyl, not to even more fillet HBO Max, but <laughs> right. the series Chernobyl is some of the best television ever I've made. ever seen. Yeah. It is incredible. Watch that too. Yep. It's just a factual or a fictional like mm-hmm. retelling about the events that happened at Chernobyl. Yes, and it's, and it's, 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 it's intense. breathtaking and spellbinding. And, and horrifying. And it, it, it terrifying and yeah. very, very, very realistic. So, um, yeah, watch that too. Yeah, uh, this is all amazing news. Like, when I, when I sent it, it was, like, before I was done reading the article, because I was like, put this in the news. Yep. This is good. Speaking of Chernobyl. Speaking of Chernobyl. We are going to keep talking about it, right. but in a very different context. Over in the world of games, CS, uh, sorry, GSC Game World, the developers behind Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl, mm-hmm. has had their website blocked by the Russian government. Oops. According to reports... The block came from the prosecutor, Prosecutor's General Office of the Russian Federation, which is really hard to say. Mm-hmm. The reason was that GSC Game World was one of the first game companies to stop all of their game sales in Russia due to their studio being based out of Kiev and one of the first to speak out in support of Ukraine when Russia first began their assault against them. Yep. GSC Game World also altered the spelling of the word Chernobyl in their title uh, for Stalker 2 to the Ukrainian spelling of the word and has been actively raising funds to aid in humanitarian efforts for Ukraine. Love it. I mean... Yeah. You know you're doing something right when you get blocked by Russia. Right. That's exactly where I'm at on this whole thing. Uh, So, so yeah, Stalker 2, if you're interested in that at all... Uh, support them because that company's Dude. doing good things right now. Yeah, they they are. I mean, Stalker Two should be great. Um, that now that they've like completely, like a, as soon as anyone like reacted to their whole like, oh yeah, and NFTs, they they like just threw it behind them and said, I didn't say anything. None of you heard that. That was like a two second We're blip done. on their record. It was. It was literally like from like like a three day long thing where they mm-hmm. were like, oh. Never mind. We didn't have time to record a show during that time. It was literally, they said, hey, we're going to do an NFTs. Everybody said, this is bad. And they went, oh, that's bad. And then we recorded a show. And we're like, well, I guess that's not news. Yeah, no, that's that's not a thing. Right. But uh, yeah, do support them. Do support um, them. Yeah, obviously, they're, they're doing so much. And it's so good to hear about game studios just doing great things. And uh, I know that they were talking about moving their game studio. I don't have all the facts about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about you know, them moving their game studio to Poland or a couple of things, obviously, because I don't know, Ukraine's under siege right now. Yeah. It, it sucks you know? trying to make video games when the air si- air raid sirens go off three times a day. Yeah. 
So it is what it is. Uh, but yes, please go do support them. Uh, check out the trailer for Stalker 2, even if you've never played the first one. Yeah, check um, it out. The, the two will not need to have... Yeah, no, the the, the, the first game, well, well, good and a classic of its time, is old, 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 old. And yeah. um, it, if you get it running on modern hardware, it will feel its age. Yeah, so just wait for the sequel and definitely get that. Uh, Crytek... The creators of the Crisis series announced this week that despite the pandemic, the progress on their upcoming game Crisis 4 has actually remained on track. Wow. Because of this, they've said that they are actually going to make their remote work option permanent. That being said, they'll still keep their offices open to employees that would like to come in and work from there. The idea behind this is that their data has actually shown that they were able to keep up pace with their development with what they call, quote, pre-pandemic pace. I love it. Yeah, and I mean, all it takes is like a tiny bit of ingenuity on behalf of like the management uh, to, you know, coordinate work so that it is as productive away from the office as it is there. One of the things I want to bring up here is that if you're unfamiliar with the Crisis series, there's a there's an old internet joke, <laughs> old internet joke, which is, can it run Crisis? And that was because when Crisis came out, it was so powerful that it took like two generations of video cards mm-hmm. for them to catch up with being able to run it at max settings. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. Crisis 2 came out, and that was the bar. And that's mm-hmm. what they do. They make a new engine. They make something this elaborate. Yep. And so the reason this is big news isn't just because, oh, they're letting their people work from home. It's that you need to think about this as, as it is a AAA studio that mm-hmm. creates their own engine that does all of these things in service to their games. And still managed to let their people work from home and say the entire time, by the way, we're still on track. Yeah. And that's that's impressive. And I'm not saying that companies that haven't been able to do that are lesser than because holy shit, it's been two years of a pandemic. Yeah. And it's like, difficult. We are, I do not want to take away from their victories. Mm-hmm. The fact that we got Resident Evil 8, 8 was a goddamn miracle. It was. Um, but. It's it, wow. Like, I want to know what management they got going on over at Crytek. No kidding, right? Yeah, to be able to develop an engine and a new game and do it all under the constraints of a pandemic and still like meet the deadlines that you have is, yeah. yeah and they've even announced a date for it. They all they said oh. is that internally we have a date and we're so far hitting it. Mm-hmm. And they could be lying to us, but I, I trust them. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, as I mean, they wouldn't lie to us to work from home permanently. There's no motive there. Right. They probably want to say, we're doing a good thing. And you're still going to get the game and we were going to give it to you. Yeah. Like, like this but it's also good. a shot across the bow to the rest of the industry, not just the video yeah. game industry, but the work industry at large Very saying true. like, look, we are saying that work from home works, mm-hmm. right? This is a thing that we've been able to develop for the last five years. Mm-hmm. It's on track. You just got to learn how to manage remotely. Yeah. It's funny how the, there was rhetoric it, even as early as like uh, at the beginning of this year where people were like, it's time to go back to the office. It's time to go back to the office. And when people realized how incredibly monumentally unpopular that was, mm-hmm. even a lot of the politicians shut the fuck up about it. Yep. Absolutely. This week, Ubisoft shut down their online services for over 90 games across multiple platforms. Mm. Games that have offline features will function as normal, but things like player stats or unlockable content will be locked out unless it's on a console version of the game. This covers everything from like the Just Dance series to Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2, uh, even things like Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Okay. Uh, while this is a normal happening in the video game industry, it does reopen the conversation about video game preservation. Yeah, yep, yeah. and I mean, maybe we need to figure out how to solve a, the preservation issue of online features. I mean, the, the the best thing I can come up with is like having some kind of preservation museum where it would serve as a local internet to serve 
the game so that people can play it for pro- for posterity, I guess. But honestly, if ga- games have always been able to be preserved so far, but preserving their online features just right now it seems a little far-fetched it is it is and that kind of leads us into our next news topic which is kind of speaking of video game preservation playstation has reportedly set up a new game preservation department Mm -hmm. um it's something we knew nothing about uh a new hire named uh garrett fredley i believe is his name uh tweeted this this week uh it said quote today is my first day as a senior build engineer at, at playstation working as one of their initial hires for the newly created preservation team man this is a good idea and i'll tell you why they're doing it because microsoft yeah yeah it? because they're trying to fucking put something on their playstation plus 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 service you know like Okay, like we, we talked a little bit about it, and like it has some good features that it has some cool features for yeah. the extra price. But one of the features is fucking game demos, man. Yeah, like like they need they need their back catalog in order, able to be accessed by a server from any PlayStation at any time concurrently. And if they're smart, they'll find a way to take multiplayer games and give them like online multiplayer features or mm-hmm. something like. You can do a lot with this. And they're sitting on an actual mine filled with gold. The mine is made out of gold. There's, it's not even right. in rock. But I mean, like this news comes in on the heels of months and months of kind of criticism from outside the game yep. uh, industry where they were talking about, okay, well, we're going to be closing the PSP game servers mm-hmm. or, or stores, right. the, the PlayStation Vita stores, the PlayStation 3 stores. And everybody goes, okay, well, you're closing those stores and yeah, we haven't been buying anything on them, but like those games just go away at this point. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this department seems to be an answer to that, but we'll, we really won't know for sure until they kind of divulge what's going on. That's true. No. And it would be amazing if I could turn on my PlayStation for like my uh, PlayStation uh, for my, uh, you know, game pass style subscription mm-hmm. and just go through like, yeah, my PlayStation one, two and three games, but also like some Vita games yeah. and some, uh, uh, what was the one before that? Oh, PSP. The, yeah, the PSP. I own like three of them. Yeah, yeah. PSP games, some Vita games. I'm sorry. My Monster Hunter like destroyed three PSPs for me. So <laughs> Yeah, that's games. Because the, the, there was some cool stuff in there. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of trash, but there was some cool stuff in there. And definitely some stuff worth preserving. Some, some Final Fantasy uh, stuff. Crisis Core, alone. baby. Yeah. I'm going to keep talking about Final Fantasy Crisis Core. So, um, I mean, this is a great idea. And I hope whoever they have managing it really, really, really wants it to work. Yeah. Because this could be huge. This could be a game changer. It could be great. Yeah. And to wrap things up this week, it is time once again for Blizzard. Are you okay? You know what, Blizzard? If you're not okay, good. (laughs) Where to begin this week? Wow. There's a lot of ground to cover. So let's just jump right in. This week, we can kind of go one by one instead of pelting everybody with info all at once. So we have a few things to talk about. I'll just go one by one. It has been ruled by the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, that the Raven Software QA testers may now move ahead with their vote to unionize. Ballots may be mailed to eligible employees on April 29th, after which they will have until May 20th to return them. 
An Activision Blizzard spokesperson said that they are, quote, disappointed that a decision that <laughs> could significantly impact the future of our entire studio oh, will be made by fewer than 10% of our employees, and that they are thinking about pursuing potential legal options depending on the ruling. Yeah, um, it sounds a whole lot like they just threatened to sue their workers for unionizing. It does so, sound like that, so, doesn't it? So, um, um, again, if you're getting banned by Russia, you know you're doing something right. <laughs> Damn it, I was drinking. <laughs> like, straight up. I mean, this is how you know they are scared. It sounds like Raven's about to get a union, and it sounds like the rest of the company's going to follow through. I don't know if, because it's not in the news right now, goddammit, but if you're on Twitter and you're following, like, the Starbucks union board and the other mm -hmm. game development union boards, they're unionizing all over the country right There's now. There's the, uh, uh, I think it's called, like, a... At another better Ubisoft or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, um, and, and they're like all talking like, about their 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 um, their efforts and their campaigning and their advocacy. And when they succeed, there's a big celebration, and then they post about how big of a raise they got mm -hmm. and how much their benefits are and how they all have better quality of life and work now and how they can actually fucking relax yep. and do their job and go home. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for those of you who don't know, yeah. QA testers are one of the lowest paid jobs in the video game industry, and mm -hmm. one the most vital by oh, yeah. the way you know your games would not be as shiny as they are if it wasn't for these in a lot mm -hmm. of times kids that take up these jobs and yeah. they work you know 15 18 hour days because they want to get into the video game industry and it's basically exploitative behavior yep and you can tell you can tell when a game developer is abusing their qa testers mm -hmm. because the game comes out with a quality problems i'm yep. looking at you ubisoft i'm looking at most large open world games that launch with a ton well, of ubisoft's problems. got some problems bigger than oh yeah absolutely but i mean yeah that it's only a good thing, yeah. and I can only wish for more of it. I feel like the game developers have, as a whole deserve a SAG-style union. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, you need to join this in order to be a video game developer in the United States. Yeah. Because, like, unifying all of this and giving people a reason to want to enter this industry is... Only good for video games. Yeah. And it's only good for the bottom line and for profits. Happy artists make good art. It's true. Even even when their art is about suffering. Yep, that is very true. It was published this week that Activision Blizzard has lost over 60 million monthly active users over the last year. <laughs> now, that's just 372 million from the 435 million. That's across all of their games. But those numbers do hit the bottom line for, uh, the bottom line for revenue. There's a lot of factors at work here, including the Call of Duty release that not a lot of people cared about. Oh, God, and yeah. A that, that was the biggest one. a whole lot of people left World of Warcraft. Yeah. That was a big one. Yeah, yeah. And we're just now getting a little bit of uh, preview and news about World of Warcraft's next thing. Yeah. And there's... No excitement. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't Nobody seen cares. any excitement. I don't think anybody cares. It's but, so hard to get people to let me tell you, as soon as they announce the next Final Fantasy XIV expansion, people are going to lose their goddamn minds. Of course they are. And then they'll have to shut down the servers again and stop yeah. selling the game again until they can catch up to demand. Yeah. Because of the, like, god-tier Final Fantasy going on mm -hmm. I, I, once you finish A Realm Reborn. Yeah. But, like... But I mean, a lot of that, uh, those yeah. numbers that they've lost from World of Warcraft directly correlated to an increase over yep. Final Fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. That and Lost Ark. Lost yeah. Ark is doing good numbers right now, too. Yeah. The MMO space has changed entirely from what it looked like even just like three or four years ago. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, three or four years ago, if you had told me there's going to be a, a World of Warcraft cl- killer, I'd be like, "Is there though?" Like, yeah, it, like it, when, how? I don't understand how it's even. Even when Final Fantasy 14 came out, a Realm Reborn. Let's mm-hmm. not talk about the original version. Yeah. Even I played it, and I was like, "This is good," but it's not going to be like World of Warcraft numbers. You know, absolutely. I will eat crow on that one. I'm happy to. Yeah, no, it's it's it, 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 when would you ever expect something actually good to fucking happen? Right. But like something good happened. But I mean, and I was in the Final Fantasy 14 community for years because I came from the Final Fantasy 11 community. Yep. And Yoshi P over in the Final Fantasy 14 side, he was like, he's so nice. That, uh, he's like Jeff Kaplan nice where yeah. you're just like is there something shady going on here <laughs> how can like, you be that nice how can you be that nice and actually give people what they want all the time and then just be fine with it yeah and that's how he was Yoshi, Yoshi P just listens to his audience and throws fan conventions and he just logs into the servers to play with people and like you know Final Fantasy 14 for all of you know the good or bad of it has one of the best communities out there yeah. which is ridiculous to think about in terms of a game that has that many players yeah, and it's like um, it's it even like in Japan, it's like a cultural touchstone. Yeah, like like people, there is an entire uh, uh, sitcom in Japan about yes. a yeah, father and son, and the, the 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 son plays a lot of Final Fantasy, and his father starts playing, and just and to like, spend time with the son. Just to it's spend on Netflix, time by the way. Son. It's on Netflix, and yeah. it's really beautiful. I think it's called like Father of Light or Dad of Light, something like that. Yeah. yeah, but and it's all based on Final Fantasy. They use the game in the show mm-hmm. as their like in game model world like it's it's a weirdly endearing that they yeah. did that but um and if you've never seen yeah. the news on the things that happen in final fantasy 14 oh, yeah. uh, like when a community member dies oh. there's entire servers that get packed mm-hmm. just because somebody who was in a clan passed away they found out and this, this uh, hit a lot during covid yeah and you would just see like this server is at max capacity because this many people have just logged on to like pay their respects to not even somebody that they played with but somebody who just existed in the same community as them mm-hmm. like damn Blizzard, get your shit together. Yeah, no kidding. Support yeah. your community. Uh, co- comment uh, from from Twitch chat. Yeah, uh, Call of Duty is absolutely boring these days. <laughs> I mean, look at how few people cared at all about the return to like World War Two for the last one. It mm. came out with like zero fanfare. It made yeah. somehow this incredibly mediocre version of Call of Duty still did better than Battlefield. Because that game was just an entire disaster. And I know this is a side tangent, but we saw the the weakest numbers for both Battlefield and uh, Call of Duty over this last year. We did. Do you think that like maybe it's either either a time to take a break or b this might be the death of these games? Yeah, I mean shooter fatigue is a real thing. Everyone everyone's shooters involve more than shooting now. Yeah. So pure shooters are kind of out, which is why everyone had so much hope for the next Battlefield because they're like, oh yeah, we can go back to Battlefield Five where there are vehicles and we can drop and we yeah. can coordinate our teams and we can take points and none of that was in the game and everyone was so understandably upset that the game doesn't have a thousand concurrent players in the entire world ever anymore we have a we have a (laughs) we have a group chat with a bunch of people that we used to work with yeah uh, outside of the show Mm -hmm. and um when it's a group that we met when i first moved to austin anyway and somebody in group chat posted the other day hey guys did you hear that battlefield just got voice chat put into it and immediately (laughs) our friend will goes something like what for the five people that are still playing they must be really happy to like talk to each other about how bad the game is <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh god that's so uh, on the nose though pretty much so yeah absolutely like uh to, just to finish off the side tangent all of the shooters demand more now all of the popular ones valorant is hero based a lot oh. like overwatch is um 
uh, things like uh, you got Apex. You have Apex, which is like battle arenas. You still have people doing survival games mm. that have shooting in them. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that, you know, but in the multiplayer space has actually branched out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. People still play a lot of Fall Guys from early in the pandemic, which yep. is just the cutest multiplayer like yep. versus game. Yeah. Yeah. I think the pure like Twitch shooter has evolved a lot in a world where we have our quakes and we have our rail guns and we Mm -hmm. have our the things that make Quake 3 Arena mesh in ways Mm -hmm. that Counter-Strike really didn't and was more of a novelty. Mm -hmm. I think shooters are really going back to that. They're going back to a game that feels really powerful to move in and really accurate to shoot in rather than boots on the ground, ammo count, you know, supplies. and Mm -hmm. Okay. Activision Blizzard shareholders voted to approve the sale of the company to Microsoft (laughs) in a, quote, overwhelmingly supported vote. At the same time, there are talks on Wall Street that doubt the acquisition can actually happen due to intervention from the U.S. government invoking antitrust laws against it. Right. So basically, all of the people on the currently seeking Titanic voted overwhelmingly for the life rafts to be broken out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... Unfortunately, that those life, life rafts may be illegal and uh, they may not and, be deployed. And, and some people that are way smarter than us have done a very in-depth YouTube videos about this mm-hmm. saying that like, yeah, they can call it an antitrust, but like there are so many game studios and I'm distilling all of their arguments down to one base thing, which is mm-hmm. there are so many video game studios out there. There's no way this is going to hit antitrust laws. It just even Michael Pachter, mm-hmm. who's one of the big uh, video game speculators, he actually follows like video game mm-hmm. uh, stocks and all yeah. that stuff and he could tell you pretty much where the future of the game industry he came out and was like look they can call it antitrust all they want but there's yeah. just no no it's not you can't do it you can't call it a monopoly you can't call it these things because nope. it's just there's too many game companies no there's too many competitors i mean look at how little ip like actual ip microsoft is holding right now that is like theirs you know when you talk about ubisoft or sony or even bethesda which is now microsoft uh when you talk about ubisoft or sony or you know all of the big five nintendo um you're talking about big name brand games household names that everyone recognizes there's more and more of them but they all are recognizable Mm -hmm. microsoft has master chief and yep that one so Getting all of the currently all but one rapidly failing franchises they're buying. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's not a monopoly. It's not antitrust. I don't think it is. It may be a rather economically unsettling, and by that I mean it may. In, uh, it's so much money is changing hands. It may upset the actual economy for a few days. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't. Yeah, no. I, I don't, don't know. Think I feel like when you're illegal. just two companies that are that rich, it's just like. It's handing somebody a Tic Tac. Right. It's like, here you go, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, what would you say if, uh, you know, Tesla decided to buy GM or something? Right. It'd be like, well, that's that's fucking wild, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, maybe we'll get some better trucks. Yeah, or, sure. Yeah, I don't know. We have one final bit of Blizzard news before we wrap up this show. Oh, boy. Hector, are you ready for the biggest news of the week? Oh, no, I am. I am. All right, here we go. I'm excited. Finally, Blizzard has announced a new Warcraft game after all of these years. Like an RTS Warcraft game? Unfortunately, it's a Warcraft mobile game, and they'll be revealed on May 3rd. (laughs) Don't you guys have phones? (laughs) What (laughs) the fuck? You know what else is happening soon? (laughs) Diablo Immortal, the don't you have phone games game. 
It's coming to PC. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Blizzard is super duper not okay. And you know what? Good. Good. <laughs> I, I just at this point where I'm looking at this going like, yes, Microsoft, buy them sooner so you can make the stupidity stop. Yes, but also make- Microsoft, you're paying too much. Oh, of course they are. Absolutely. Like, like you, know, you could like, like wait a year and buy them for like half a billion dollars. Right. But I mean, they're probably, was it like $70 billion? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, a, a world, a world hunger ending amount of money. Yeah. You know, and nah, nah. It's by Twitter amount of money basically oh yeah yeah though twitter was 46 that's true yeah and it's just the way we communicate on earth you know (laughs) but whatever but no activision blizzard all those ips man very 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 much worth it yeah i don't know i I would tell you what all of this will be worth it if phil specter who's like the head of xbox walked out on stage at e3 or whatever the xbox event for e3 was Uh after the deal was completed and he's gonna go all right you want to know what we bought for $70 billion? The crowd cheers. Tell us. Tell us, Phil Spencer. And he goes, to get Bobby Kotick the fuck out of Activision Blizzard. <laughs> and just drops the mic and walks out. We paid uh, $70 billion to kick him out of the video game industry. Good. And that's what we did. I would be like, yes, that was worth $70 billion. You know Thank you, Phil Spencer. I appreciate you, your time. Phil Spencer don't even show me a new Xbox game. I'm, nah, I don't give I'm a good. fuck. I'm yeah. good where we're at. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get it on Game Pass day one. So make whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. I mean, bring a lot of shit back, but make whatever you want. Exactly. Oh, man. What a great bunch of news that we had this week. It was mostly good news. It was mostly good news. Mostly good news. It was mostly Blizzard that fucked everything up like usual. As usual. (laughs) And that's everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash gnggcast to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us, as well as find me at gnggcast on Twitter. Special thanks to our patrons, Keith, Chad, and Jack, for supporting the show. We really appreciate uh, the money that you pump into it. We are actually saving up for new equipment right now. Thanks yes, to we you. are. Uh, Jack, by the way, come on, pick your topics, bro. You got two. Just calling <laughs> you out. I called you out on Twitter. I'm calling you out here. That is everything we have for the show this week. Until not next week, but the week after. For Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. Good game.